Welcome to The Authentic Exchange, where real men have real conversations and engage in authentic communication. I'm Josh Bird, and I'll be your host. We have a special guest with us tonight. We got Brother DeAndre with us. He's uh, 29 years old from Syracuse, New York. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a brother. And I just wanted to bring him on. I think the brother has a very powerful story. I think that... Um, you know, him sharing his story will be of great benefit to those that are listening. Looking forward to, you know, him sharing this message on tonight. DeAndre, welcome to the show. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate it. Um, been waiting to get this done for a while here, but uh, really appreciate you having me on the show um, and being able to tell my story here to the people. Well, hey, man, I want you to go ahead and jump right in. Again, um, my name is DeAndre from Syracuse, New York. Um, Syracuse is just like any, you know, I would say neighborhood and our uh, urban neighborhood across the America. Um, I grew up uh, very humble beginnings. Um, the place I grew up on, I grew up on the south side of Syracuse. Um, growing up there, uh, from, from, for most people, it could be challenging. Um, biggest thing for me growing up is uh, I always was a big guy, so I always played football um, or any sport really. Um, played football, basketball, baseball growing up, but football is the one that really stuck with me. Um, coming out of high school, uh, I, I made my way to Hobart College in Geneva, New York, which was a small D Division three school um, where I studied uh, history and African American studies, double major. Um, during my time there, uh, <laughs> I uh, had the opportunity to uh, graduate with a 3.0 after a rough start. Going to Hobart College for me was a culture shock. Um, I mean, the school that I went to was only about 2,500 kids. Um, I was finally the first time in my life that I could see being the minority. Um, one of the few uh, African-American kids on campus, um, but I so happened to play sports. Um, during my four years there, it exposed me to a lot. Um, it let me know that Syracuse, New York, it was a lot more in the world than Syracuse, New York. I uh, was able to be around some good people. Um, it motivated me a lot growing up. Um, just when I left Hobart, <laughs> that, that, was, that was the growing up for me. The reason why I feel like uh, I am who I am today was comes a lot to do with like my upbringing as a child. Um, you know, and even now, like me, me, Josh, we have conversations all the time, you know, about life, you know, and for me, life didn't start becoming a real thing until, you know, I had to start putting responsibility on myself. I'm one person that like, I'm a very serious person. So like everything is like full go. Like I'm always analytical about different things. Um, I just remember being in college and uh, having an opportunity my senior year, um, 
of even think about playing professional football in the NFL okay. and uh, seeing the different coaches at practices every day and just being that exposure. I know a lot of kids where I come from, they're like, man, that's you know, NFL. That's a big dream. But uh, for me, it was it was humbling because uh, I really didn't want that. You know, uh, after a while, I start seeing myself of I need to start thinking about what's my job going to be like post-graduation. You know, what I'm going to be doing in the next five, ten years down the road that's going to be able something I can stand on that's not athletics. That's always been, like, my biggest thing when I was in school was, like, hmm, what I'm going to do post-graduation? Because, you know, the field that I did in, in college is double major in history and African studies. Like, typically, you become a teacher. Okay. You know, everyone's like, oh, so you're going to become a teacher after college? And I'm just like, maybe. Because <laughs> at the time, I was doing a lot of, like, volunteering coaching at my old high school. And, uh, you know, I, I seen what it was like. But I knew teaching wasn't for me. Um, I like kids. I love young kids. love being around them. But I just knew... I felt like it was more in his life than for me than just being a teacher. And there's no offense to any teachers out there. No offense in the world. Um, I just knew it wasn't for me. Um, coming from where I come from, I just, I knew I wanted to make a lot of money. Um, and because at the time I felt like if you had a lot of money, you had security. Um, so my biggest thing is I wanted to always be secure and uh, bouncing around a little bit. Um, that's the biggest thing that I always wanted. I always told myself when I get older, my kids won't go through what I'm going through right now. Even though it wasn't that bad, you know, for me, maybe as a kid, it seemed like it was a little overblown. But, you know, as I got older, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna have this money. And, uh, you know, everybody in my family always said, like, you're going to go to NFL and you're going to take care of your grandmother, your mother and everyone. And I'm one person that's always trying to help people. Like, that's my favorite thing to do is help people. Um, to a fault sometimes. So let me ask you this, man. Okay. As a man, do you feel like, you know, hey, this desire for security, this desire to help people to make sure that, you know, the folks around me are good, do you feel like that has impacted you in a positive way, a negative way? Has it ever felt overwhelming? Um, because I can definitely identify with that need. You feeling like, you know, you said sometimes, uh, you were looked at as the oldest, even though you weren't, you know, have you ever felt like there was a lot of pressure on you to, you know, be the person when people look at you like, Hey man, you're the person that's going to go to the NFL or you're the person that's going to, you're going to make it. You know what I mean? When, when you, when you get that label stamped on you, you know, that can bring a lot with it. How did that affect you? Um, I think it affected me both in a positive and a negative way. Um, okay. I would say positively because I'm the type of person, um, I'm real goal-oriented. Goal so for me, climbing the ladder is like me close to my goal. So like as I got older of getting better opportunities, getting better jobs and doing different things, it, it helped me in a positive way, but also helped me in a negative way because being the oldest and my desire of helping people sometimes put me in the fault because it puts a lot of pressure on me because I, I find myself taking on more than what I should. Okay. Um, and I say more than I should because sometimes, you know, when you're just trying to help people all the time, you forget to help yourself. Okay. Um, okay. And, and as a man, sometimes, you know, you don't have the ability to be like, uh, per se, like, cr like, 
talk to anyone about these things. Okay. You know, okay. like as far as like the pressures that I was going through with school and the pressures of um, trying to go to the NFL and be this just big savior for my family. You know, it did get overwhelming sometimes because it'd just be like, man, it's a lot on my plate. It's a real, mm-hmm. it's a lot on my plate. But I think it molded me into the person I am today in a positive way because as I got older, I learned how to deal with the positive and the negative of helping people and just being there and this pressure of you're going to make it because I'm like the only person in my family that's went to college to a four-year college and graduate. So um, that pressure sometimes, it it got in the way, but I think it helped me in the long run also. So can you share an experience where the pressure did get in the way where um you were feeling like hey man this is a lot on me one one example in particular that kind of stepped out and uh where i'm at today is uh i had a relative uh that was helping for i would say two or three years you know um anything that he that that person needed i would i would be there for him um my, I opened my door to him, you know, like I had roommates at the time and I'm, I'm letting them stay on the couch and different things like that. And I just felt that, you know, at the time I was his only relative in the area that can help. Um, and uh, recently it, it took a turn, you know, as far as helping and realizing, you know, doing too much for people um, and also the pressure of, of helping people. Um, because I had to learn a life example that, you know, just because you want to help a person doesn't mean that you're the person that's supposed to help them. I recently, like, <laughs> opened a business, um, and this person, they particularly did the type of work that I did in the business. Um, and for the first time, it, it took a turn for me because I helped this person for years. You know, I, I helped them with whatever they needed ride food car place to stay um you know just just helping them out and the, the the final time that i needed that same help in return um of them helping me with my business it seemed like it took a turn for the worse the love wasn't like reciprocated the way that i was giving it you know as far as like me being there like hey man like anything you need just call me you know when i had to call them that's it, it, it wasn't returned the same. And it kind of like put a put a stab in our relationship. But even to this day, I still, I still like still love the person, you know, still care about the person. Um, but that's like the first time in my life where I was like, it, it like opened up something for me as far as learning how to deal with people that you're trying to help. And that's why I say sometimes for me, I help people to a fault too much because I forget about myself sometimes. You, you made an interesting statement and you said, you know, the love wasn't reciprocated. Um, I think sometimes it can be very interesting. Um, just as a man, sometimes we feel like we're doing so much for other people. We're helping people. And oftentimes people don't ask us about us. Oftentimes people don't check on us. Oftentimes people don't even, um, you know, see how we're doing. And so, you know, I kind of relate that to what you're saying in the sense that, you know, we show so much love, we provide, um, we do all of these different things for our family, for our friends. And oftentimes it's at the neglect of ourselves. And we, you know, wear ourselves out. We grind ourselves to to the bone, you know what I mean? 
doing and helping and working and doing all of this stuff for other people. And when it's not reciprocated and you, you get to a place where you feel like you're by yourself, you know, how did, how do you handle that? Well, I, I took a few different approaches during that time because for me, it was that pressure of helping that person, but also had other people in my immediate family that I was helping that, um, I couldn't, I felt like it was my job to help them. Like, you know, of course, everyone feels like it's their job to help their mother. You know, it's their job to help their brother, their sisters, especially for me being the only one that's quote unquote successful by, you know, you get the stamp of go to college, go to school, get a good job. That's success. Um, And sometimes I think when people see that success, um, they don't understand what the individual actually went through. from the standpoint of you know it may look all glamorous you know it may look like I got a lot of money it may look like I got all these resources but I really don't you know I I have them for my family and my house because I do I do have two kids Um, I have a wife Um, and I think sometimes some people don't respect you when you're going coming into your manhood Um, from the standpoint of you know I say when you not, not, I'm not gonna say when you get married, you're a man, but you know, when you got a house that you're providing for and kids that you're putting food in their mouths and a shelter over their head, anything that is not that, those three people or those four people, three people in my house, um, you know, you're taking something from them, <laughs> you know, you're taking something from them, and whatever I'm giving you, you know you should appreciate it because I'm also like, I'm kind of putting my folks on the back burner, helping you. Um, and for me, I dealt with it with therapy. Um, you know, I, I tried therapy because I, at one point in my time and then, you know, in the last year or so, um, you know, I started questioning what is my purpose? You know, what is, what is my purpose? Like, I always used to want to be a nurse, but I did, I wasn't a nurse. I ended up doing insurance. And so it was like, you know, insurance was like helping people. I did claims. I done sold insurance to people. I done underwritten things for people. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm helping people. So I started trying to figure out what is it, DeAndre? Like, cause for a while, I started seeing that, you know, helping people is not getting me nowhere. <laughs> it's not, it's... it's it's not getting me nowhere. So, um, you know, what is it? And so I started tapping into therapy, um, really start doing some uh, self-reflecting of myself. I'm a big self-reflector. Like, I'm I'm my biggest critic to a fault sometimes. Like, um, I'm always hard on myself, very, very hard on myself. You guys, anybody's like, oh, yeah, he's hard on himself. Like, he, he's, he's just going hard. But uh, honestly, I mean... If it wasn't for the therapy, talking with you sometimes in the chair, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's definitely what helped me, though. I mean, because I'm the type of person when I got good relationships with people and, and great like fellowship and stuff like that. I try to tap into that, okay. you know, because I mean, I think we've been knowing each other probably about two, three years. Um Maybe even longer than that, if I can't, if I can't remember. It's been longer than that. It's been longer it's than been that. Longer. <laughs> it's been, been longer, longer than that. that. So, I mean, you know, when I went to therapy, the thing that stuck out about me was the therapist asked me a lot about my childhood. 
so it it, it brought me back to a place like um me even tapping into like my childhood and different things she's like start asking me like you know why do you think you are the way you now you are now and different things like that and we were tapping into that and um I wrote some things down and try to her biggest thing was take the pressure off yourself you know just take the pressure off yourself like anything that you're thinking like because I used to have this thing of like whenever I'm in a room I felt like people were talking to me or make having thoughts about me and she used to say like like get rid of those thoughts like if it's if it's not real if you didn't hear it from somebody get rid of it so that was the biggest thing I had to learn um during that time as far as just all right you can help people but you can help them from a certain extent but i think it was the first time that i had a really eye-open experience of just focus on yourself and your family for the first time just focus on myself that was the biggest thing was just like focusing on myself my internal self of all right deandre this is what you're gonna do you know was it difficult when you made the decision to kind of prioritize yourself and um your family because it is like i said as a from what you're describing it sounds like somebody who's lived a life that has really tried extensively to try to take care of the people around you you know hey man i'm trying to put everybody on and you know i got this thing out the mud and you know here it is i you know feel obligated i feel responsible because i've had some success to you know make sure that everybody else around me is good and what that leads to like you said is hey man i've often overlooked myself now after going to therapy and you know you're doing some self-reflection and you beginning to really find that hey you need to prioritize you and you need to set boundaries and you can help people but there's limits to how you help people how was that was that hard to put boundaries in was that was it difficult or you know what was that experience like it was hard for me to put boundaries in um if, if you ask my ask me early on it was definitely hard for me to put boundaries in. I think the difficult part was just setting the boundary, you know, as far as like, hey, person, you can't do this no more, you know, because the moment you cross that boundary, I have to move a certain way, you know. That's the biggest thing that I learned about setting boundaries. But now, setting boundaries is easy for me because I'm just like, my energy is such, I had to change my energy too a little bit, like, stop worrying so much you know stop worrying about what what people think about you and then i think it's the syndrome of like because i made it out i have to go back and help you know or i have to i have to show myself in a certain way so people know that i still care even though i i got out you know i start having those thoughts really when i moved from my hometown um I remember the day I drove, I packed up my car, moved to moved to Georgia, and uh, I remember crying in my car. Like it was it was crazy, like because it wasn't like a boohoo cry. It was like it was like tears just falling on my face, and I'm just like, I know that wherever I'm going, I'm not coming back here. Wow. You know, I'm not coming back here, and then also. Um, it did make me feel guilty when I used to go back. Like the first time, first couple of times I went back home um, and seeing some of my friends and um, some of my close loved ones that I was around every day. 
and I'm just talking about my new life down in Georgia and like uh you know the weather's this is so great and just you know what I'm doing with my life is so great I don't think I'll be able to do it if I was still here you know um I, I, I did feel guilty I used to feel guilty all the time and uh I just went back home recently and for the first time I didn't feel guilty um I think it's the people that I surround myself with. Um, when I when I went back home and I remember talking to one of my best friends from high school and I was and I tell him all the time, um, you know, and you 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 your mind bigger than this city, and I say that in the most humblest way possible, and and I tell and I told him like you know, forgive me if I sound like I'm coming off any type of way. He was like, man, why are you talking to me like that? Like, don't say that. Like, don't say, like, forgive me for coming off the type of way. Because I was like, I feel like, you know, it can't sound pretty arrogant for somebody that made it out talking about all these issues and all these problems that's in our in our city, you know, with the youth um, and different things and how, like, we can really rise ourselves up to get out of it, you know, and for the first time I I didn't feel guilty but before I used to feel guilty all the time because it's like why me you know why why I'm the one that made it out you know why I'm the one that gets all this praise I mean because I would get praise from the school district or I would get praise from everybody around me like oh that's DeAndre he you know he he handled his business like you know he he played football he went to four-year school and he's out of here now you know like he's, he's not here he he quote unquote made it I want to go back a little bit you know i think um you said that you know you started seeing a therapist okay how was that what was that decision like okay because i know in the black community you know in the culture you're going to see a therapist are you crazy is something wrong with you like you know some some this hey man he he, he throw it off you know what i'm saying like you know did you question yourself did you think something was wrong with you like the stigma that's associated with it how did you get past that to 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 make the decision that hey you know what i'm gonna do this and and see what it see what's see what's up see what it's about it's so funny that you said what you said um i did feel like i was crazy a little bit um you know i felt that what i was going through only i went through it um and just like the stigma you say of like I'm not going to see a therapist to talk about my problems. I really don't got any problems. It took me, it took me probably two, three months of having those questions in myself to actually talk to the therapist. Um, when I started talking to her, it helped me put things in perspective. Um, the biggest reason why I want to talk to her, because at the time I found myself in a very depressed uh, state, um, real angry, um, just real sarcastic you know um just again not taking care of myself because i'm sorry to cut you off when you said you were in a depressed state what was that like for you how did you feel i know you you said you were angry you were you know not taking care of yourself describe that feeling if you can because there are a lot of guys that deal with depression and don't realize that they're depressed they don't understand you know why they feel or why they're behaving the way that they are can you describe what it was like for you for me um 
I saw myself in a place where I would I would be looking on social media a lot. Um, I would start be comparing myself to things that I'm seeing on social media. Um, it was a dark place because it was like one of those feelings like you'd be sitting down and everyone be asking you like, what's wrong? You'd be like, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Everything could be good. Like, it could be a great day. I had a good day at work. I had a good workout, whatever the case may be. But it was just something that's just like, man, it's something just not right. Like, I don't know. It's just something wasn't right. And for me to really realize I was going through something, it had me, like, having conversations with my wife. You know what I'm saying? And, like, she she she's big on therapy. So, you know, she was already going to see a therapist and some of the things that she was talking to me about therapy. And I was just like, Man, maybe I need to go see a therapist. And then at the time, you know, we're, this was during COVID. So it's like I'm used to going eight hours a day somewhere, you know, working. Um, now I'm at home working and doing those eight hours. So it, for me, it really, really found caved in because I couldn't separate uh work in my regular life it just felt like it was a you know this movie that we was going through you know of like just covid like when is this thing gonna end um and it felt like everything was closing in on me did you did you feel like you were with uh withdrawn did you not want to be around other people or anything like that did you you know recognize any any you know symptoms like that or anything like that a little bit um i start you know Anytime somebody said they wanted to come over or anything, I just find a good reason not to. Um, I would get invited to go places and I'd just be like, not today. Or I would agree to it uh, early in the week and then the day of find a reason to say, oh, I can't make it. Tell me this, man. How, how would you say, describe how talking about what you were dealing with rather than keeping it bottled up inside and you know, thinking about everything in your mind, how how did talking help you? How did that, you know, how did that ease the pain or or, or help you, you know, deal with uh, the stress? It helped me not make uh, irrational decisions, emotional decisions. Um, sometimes just getting it out, you get a better perspective on what you're actually going through. Um, because, you know, as humans, we have thoughts in our heads all the time. You know, and some of those thoughts are good thoughts. Some of the thoughts is bad thoughts. Yeah. They could eat you alive. Um, and the thing about me with communicating and talking, it helps me get it out. It helps me feel feel good, you know, because a lot of times, like, after I talk about it, I can see everything that I need out of a situation to move forward. You know, I used to tell you all the time, like, it's this fear of, like, talking to another man about your problems because as a man you you're told you can't you can't talk about your problems you talking about your problems like what you some type of soft guy (laughs) you know like you some type of soft guy you you don't talk about your problems um but i think embracing that fact of you know i can't talk there's other like-minded people like me that may be going through the same thing i'm going through and you know, some of the, some of the biggest things I've done ever overcame, it came from having conversations with people. Um, I just want to just say, man, let me commend you for one, you know, having the courage to fight through 
you know, the thoughts that you were having in your mind, in your head, that you were, you know, battling, battling and struggling with and, you know, making a decision to prioritize yourself and your well-being, mental and, and physical well-being in the sense that like, hey, man, you decided to go. You know, um, that's a huge step. Like I said, uh, I know it's really difficult as men. We feel like we're strong. I got this. I can handle this. But sometimes we need help. And there's nothing wrong with saying I need help. There's nothing wrong with going to sit and talk with people. And, you know, I can definitely tell you that I love the conversations that we have, you know, and the fact that, you know, part of what I do is as a barber, I want to be able to create the space for men to be able to have conversations. You know, the stuff that we often hold inside, the stuff that we don't talk about, you know, I wanna create that space and provide that for men just to be able to express it because I feel like it's it's better out than in, you know what I mean? And, you know, you holding on to it, like you said, you know, some of the conversations you've walked away and you have, you know, just had a little bit more clarity and you could see things, you know, um, and so I don't mind being that soundboard, but I'm, I'm, I think you are um, lucky to have a wife, to have a partner, to have a, uh, a spouse that is a safe place. Um, a lot of the men that I speak with, a lot of the men that I talk to um, don't have that. They don't, they don't get that support from their spouse. And so I think that makes the situation even, you know, worse. Um, and more difficult to deal with when you don't have that support coming from, you know, somebody who's supposed to be in this thing with you. And so it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, I feel like my wife is, is, is a great help for me as well, but you know, what, what would you say to the men that don't have that, you know, what would you, what would you, how would you encourage them or, you know, what piece of advice would you give to them if they don't have that, if they don't have that spouse or that person that they feel like they can, you know, talk to, they don't have. If you don't have that person, um, I think you can always find that person. Maybe, maybe it's not necessarily uh, the opposite sex. Okay. You know, maybe it's a brother or maybe it's a, a friend, somebody that, you trust having these conversations with i think the biggest the biggest battle as a man is trusting the people that you're having these type of conversations with because the biggest thing is like being judged you know being perceived as weak and like you said earlier the best way is to get it out sometimes so if you don't got that person maybe writing it down on a book, a piece of paper, or really, really, really reaching out to a therapist. It's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it was so crazy. I didn't even know that talk to a therapist was covered under my insurance. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, as a free benefit for me to do a certain amount of time. So, you know, I think if you don't have that person, look into therapy. It's nothing wrong with it. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, and I, I did it a few times. You know, it it helped me a lot. Like I, I probably had about four sessions with a therapist, um, and it helped me so much. And it's it, it's and it and it it's more than just having a conversation because she leaves you with points for you to work on for the next conversation, okay. or to help you better yourself. And then, like I said, 
having other people to talk to. I talked to you, Josh. I talked to some of my close friends that I don't work with for in the past. Um, just really, really, really tapping into people that's real people. Surround yourself with like-minded people. You know, it's the best thing for you. Um, you know, because you don't have to worry about the negativity when you got like-minded people around you because that's when you can really sit down and have real conversations. You know, like real conversations with people on, hey man, I'm going through this. Like, you ever been through this before? Yeah. You know, and you, you, you'd be surprised how many people actually been in the same situation like you. We need more fellowship as men, as black men. You know what I'm saying? So like, you need, you need that. You, you really do need that because since I've been here in Georgia, some of the fellowship I done had with some of the men that I done had, it's, it's going to be life, life forever. You know, it, it, it's not going to where, I mean, so many of my brothers, I could just pick up the phone. What's going on, man? Like, <laughs> what you been up to? Like, <laughs> what you going on? What you got going on? And then I even, you know, some of my friends that I, that, that I done grew up with over life, we always just pick up the phone, see how checking in. Yeah. Checking in is cool. <laughs> you know, checking in is cool. It's really powerful that you say that. That's part of the reason um, that I'm doing what I'm doing and I want to be very intentional and purposeful about it um, is because I think men need to be able to connect with other men and to build relationships and build that camaraderie um, and just the fellowship, you know, the brotherhood that comes with that. I think when we build that, that develops the trust that you spoke of before. When I understand you and I can relate to you and I look at you as my brother, I don't necessarily look at you in judgment you know, oh man, you're dealing with this. You got this going on. Like, damn, this this is what he got going on or whatever. But I have a lot more empathy and compassion and I can just listen and we can connect on a whole nother level, man. And, and I think, um, you know, you were spot on when you said that, you know, a lot of men don't open up because it's hard to trust the men that they have in their corner. And, you know, what I'll just say to, you know, the listeners and the men that are, are, are hearing this message and that are going to hear this message, Look at the people that you have around you. You said surround yourself with good quality people on a regular basis, you know. And if you feel like the men that you have in your circle are not men that you can count on, men that you can go to in confidence and share what's on your heart, what's on your mind, the things that you're dealing with, maybe, just maybe, you might need to get rid of some of those people, man. Some of those people might be family members. Some of those people might be people that you've had, you know, extremely long relace, uh, re relationships with, but look at the quality of the relationship and look what you're getting from the relationship. If it's not serving you, if it's not encouraging you, helping you to evolve, to grow, to be better, then what's the point of having that relationship? What's the point of spending energy and time trying to cultivate a relationship that's not serving you? You know, um, I'm glad that you said that, you know, checking in is cool, man. You know, this this episode was called a wellness check, you know, and it was just, you know, me wanting to, you know, check in with men and just see, you know, what this process has been like. You know, I'm so glad that you're advocating for, you know, therapy and going to see a counselor or therapist and talking. And, you know, I think it goes back to what you said earlier, you prioritizing yourself and you working on you. One of the best investments that we can make as men, as uh, individuals in life is the investment in self and you understanding yourself. You said you would ask questions, you know, why do you think that 
you know, you behave this way or you do this or you do that. And those are a lot of questions that oftentimes we just go through life on autopilot and we don't stop and think. We don't sit and ask those questions to ourselves to really figure out and dive in um, to why we function and behave the way that we do, man. And I think that um, therapy is a wonderful thing, man. I think that it is is really, really powerful and it's really, really helpful um, to be able to um, talk and to share and to, you know, get a different perspective that will help you grow, evolve and understand you because sometimes we don't understand ourselves. We don't, we don't know. It's tough though. I mean, it cuts you off. It's tough. It's, it's definitely tough to like look into yourself. Like it's very tough. And then even trying to talk to a therapist, like I said, it took me three months to actually go. So my biggest thing is like, I don't got no problems. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Like, yeah. ain't nothing wrong with me. Like, but something clearly was. Um, something clearly was. You know, I think that it's great that you were able to have that experience because I think a lot of times people normalize um, pushing things or sweeping things under the rug and not dealing with stuff. You know, you know, we don't want to. We don't want to really deal with it. And we, you know, put a bandaid on it. And you know, I've seen and I've talked to a lot of guys that again they've they've turned to alcohol they've turned to you know smoking whether that's weed whether that's you know um cigarettes or something like that they've they've turned to sex you know all of these different things you know trying to fix or or you know uh fill a void because of something that's going on but they haven't looked inward i try to tell people you know don't don't let outside society judge you you know i think the biggest thing as a man is just you got to find what works for you. What works for me may not work for Josh. Okay. What works for Josh may not work for me. But you got to find out what works for you. I think that's the biggest thing. DeAndre, man, I really appreciate you taking the time, bro, to share your story, to share your experience, and, you know, to provide some wisdom from your experience uh, with the men and, and the people that will hear this, man. Um, I'm grateful for it. I know that... It, you know, this will be a blessing to, you know, all those that hear it, man. And I know that people will definitely be, uh, definitely be able to relate and understand. And, and I think a lot of what you're saying, it'll resonate with them. And my last thing is this, man, for the young DeAndre that's out there listening right now, give him some words of advice, give him some wisdom to the young cat that's out there struggling and dealing with some stuff. And he, he's going through a similar situation that you went through, man. What, What's your last, you know, piece of advice that you would give him, you know, or that you would tell your younger self, man? I would say, you know, trust yourself, you know, really listen to yourself, like listen to your intuition. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. Um, control your controllables. Okay. Control your controllables. Can you control it? You know, like that stress, you know, is it something that you can control? You know, um, my biggest thing is, is it something that's important today? Is it something that can wait? You know, that's my biggest thing is I try to control what I can control. If I can't control it, there's no reason for me to stress over it. I would say don't quit and find your purpose. Like really, really find what you like to do. Don't do what everybody tell you to do. <laughs> you know everybody tell you like oh you should be doing this you should be doing that like do what you want to do and it's okay like it's okay to do what you want to do even if it sounds crazy to other people 
if it sounds good to you, don't quit. Focus on it. Do it. That's the biggest thing I'll tell anybody that was my age that time or any young man that's out here now. Just focus on whatever your purpose is and just don't quit. It's going to get a little gray sometimes, but as long as you don't quit, you're going to prevail. Hey, man, I appreciate you again, man. Thank you for joining the Authentic Exchange. I'm your host, Josh Bird, and I'll holler at you next time.